but it's the one. Yeah. Episode 14? 14. Yeah, 14. 13? Okay, okay. Four, 13, 14. The Me and E Show. We got a good show for y'all today. But before we get into the show, as always, I got to bring in the squad. First of all, the E to my me. He's the real, real estate mogul. The realest dumb daughter. He holds it down in the East Coast, but he makes his uh, his residence in the Midwest. You can find him on Twitter at E Migus E N E G U S. What up? What up? What up? My guy for the uninitiated and the unappreciated. My guy East Staples in the building. What up, family? Then we got the uh, our editor, our content guru himself. The old head of the group. You find them on Twitter at SW Farm. That's two A's. We got feeling like a milkshake sitting on the sidewalk of Texas in the middle of February. Okay, we okay. rock. <laughs> Not this last February. No, that's broken. <laughs> and then of course we got our stats guru. The host of Capturing the Game, and who just happens to be my baby brother. You find him on Twitter at DrJ101. My man, 50 grand. We we got the same daddy and mama. My little brother, Desmond Jones, is in the building. <laughs> what up, everyone? What up? Yeah. <laughs> I love my intro. I love that intro. <laughs> and of course, you got me. Mark Jones, you can find me on Twitter at M underscore Jones 3340. And uh, you know who we be. How about that? So uh, we're going to get into the show right away. Like I said, we got some cool things to get into. Uh, first on the pullout, we got uh, some things coming up. We're going to talk about DMX. Obviously, by the intro, if you couldn't tell, um, pay our respect to Earl Simmons. We're also going to talk about uh, if you had a track to save your career, who would you have on that track and who would you have produce it? We also got a football question. Who do you give the ball to on the fourth and on the, on the goal line, fourth and one with zero seconds or one second on the clock? Give it to AP in 2012, Jerome Bettis 96, Marshawn in 2013, or D. Henry in 20. And then we're going to talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Also probably getting some WNBA draft as it's going on right now. That's basically it. So hope y'all enjoy the show. So as we uh, kind of talked about last week, um, unfortunately, uh, the day after we did the show, uh, one of our favorite rappers, of all time, uh, passed away. DMX passed away at the age of 50. Complications of a heart attack from the, the drug issues. 
Um, we t- I know we did most of our uh, retrospect on during last week, but um, I don't know about y'all. This week has been kind of kind of crazy, um, in, in a good way. We've we, we've been able to. Uh, I don't know where how y'all have been, but with me, everywhere I've been. Like I said, I'm in Texas. I'm in the more of a kind of a country city in Texas. Shout out to Waxahachie. But uh, I felt like I've heard X. You know, like he's just it's just been in my mind all all week long. So with that being said, <clears throat> we're going to talk about some of the songs, our favorite X song. And also maybe and your favorite X song might not be your most memorable X song. So I'll throw that out there, too. Um, so we're going to get into that. But uh, first of all, uh, to his to his friends, to his family, to his fans. No, definitely. I thought some prayers were with you. Um, X, like I said, meant a lot to us. He loved meant a lot to me as a, as a teenager. Like I said, I put my hat on Pac and Big. And once they were gone, that void was immediately filled by DMX. Uh, so, uh, a very complicated man, but he was uh, someone who talked passionately about a lot of things. And that's how I'm going to remember him. So, we're going to kind of uh, enjoy uh, and talk about some of the classic songs that he had. Because, if you, if, man, going through his dixology, he, it was crazy. Like, yeah, bro, is banger after banger that he had put out. It's, it's like I said, you if we were to kind of talking off wax before the show started about uh greatest rappers of all time or your own personal list or whatever you want to call it, and you don't get too far before you get to DMX, especially with his impact on the culture. So, I'm going to get it to you first, E. I want you to, yeah, talk about your favorite DMX song. And also your most memorable DMX song. Okay. So, um, man, you know, first of all, again, RIP to DMX, man. Uh, pretty tough one as far as as far as I'm concerned. I listened to a lot of DMX when I was younger. Uh, you know, and, and just the endless features that he was on just kind of took me to a different place. When I, you know, I was listening to him a lot this week, too, just to kind of, you know, I mean, just say pay homage and respect to my mans, but. Uh, my favorite song of all time, man, from DMX has got to be the intro to "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot." Yeah. Just that, uh, you know, just that, um, the whole dialogue, yeah, the That's dialogue in the middle, you know, <laughs> and then you know, you fucking with me, you fucking with, boom, Uh-oh. and I'm like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, Whatever my favorite that, one. Man. My favorite one, man. I always got to make sure that if I am playing any DMX, that's got to be a song that's listened to. Yeah, I've been listening to it for a very, very long time. And, you know, uh, most memorable to me is because my 10th birthday, uh, I got the, and then there was X album from my pops, like I said last week. Uh, So What's My Name definitely holds a special place, you know, in my heart. Um, You know, when I thought about DMX, I thought about just how giddy I was when I got that album because my pops knew I liked that album. And, or I like, you know, I love that song. And, uh, you know, he went in and got it for me, man. So when I hear that one, you know, it just kind of takes you back to a kid, you know what I mean? Um, but there aren't many people, I mean, that style that X came with, man, he's really a pioneer in the game, you know, honestly. And often people have duplicated or tried to duplicate, but they cannot. So um, once again, RP to X, man, and, and we need to really, really celebrate that brother and celebrate his life. Um, 
as, as much as we possibly can, man. Absolutely, absolutely. I man, I couldn't have said it better than that, my brother. Um, as we have a show announcement for those who are listening in, for the next month, all the intros are going to be DMX. Because first of all, the Swiss Beats production on there was crazy, but we're going to celebrate nuts. We're going to celebrate as E has talked about. We're going to celebrate this man um, because one of the things that DMX did, I, and, and Storm, I want you to jump in here next. Um, one of the things that DMX did was whether you were the gutter, the most dirty, the gutterest dude. Or you was the, you know, between the, I guess the the, the picture I always get with X, there he was the bridge in the middle between the saint and the sinner. You know what I'm saying? In, in the hip hop, yeah. like he was, like the bridge. Like one of the craziest scenes to me, and I remember when I saw it, but then again seeing it again this week was a scene. I was I don't know if it was Woodstock. Or something with MTV, but that when he did the Rough Riders anthem, the remix, and he, you just look out and there was just people for like it just set like forever. Oh yeah, I think that was Woodstock, bro. Yeah, was I, think Woodstock. That was, I think that was Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. That, and if you look at that crowd, that was all hyped. That crowd didn't look did not look predominantly like us. You know what I'm saying? Like that crowd was predominantly white, but they were feeling him and they felt every word, every enunciation. DMX never cheated his performance. He gave everything on the stage. And that's one of the great, the dopest things about him. So, so I'm gonna pass the, the mic to, to, to Shep. Shep, um, take it from there. What was your most iconic was your favorite uh, DMX song and your most memorable DMX song. It doesn't have to be the same thing. Uh, well, like I said, I know we all want to give him this shout out right now, you know, to, uh, uh, on his passing. Uh, but like I said before, I look at it as him finding the piece that he needed, Yeah, you know, so hopefully that that's, that's exactly where he's, he's at. He's at peace. Uh, so, but, uh, I don't know, man. He just he, he took my uh my song, and I got got a few of them. So that <laughs> intro. Say so, yeah, you can you can go. Down. I mean, I got yeah. I got some. I yeah. got. I might tip my hand on one, but go ahead. Well, the the thing with the intro that was so dope about it was the uh, what led up to that. Like he was underground, you know, widely known in New York, you know, in that area, but not, you know. So then. He comes out with, uh, with the locks on that uh, 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 money, power, respect, with Lil Kim. Yes. And then he hit hit up on Mason's Twenty Four Hours to Live. Uh, with uh, I think Black Rob was even on that one with the locks, you know. And uh, pause for and a second. Pause for a second. That's another cat, low key, that is is doing real bad right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, Black Rob yeah. is. Is, is is I thought they were playing when I saw that picture. I was like, oh, no, shoot, that, that is him. Yeah, that black yeah, black Rob is in is you know prayers up for him. Um he's struggled since he's been in the game, since he was on Bad Boy. And we can have yeah. a we can have a conversation about Bad Boy 
Um, cause the art man, I, I shout out to Jay Golf. Jay Golf back in 05 showed me the V like right when YouTube really started to pop off about the video about Puffy is poison, about everyone that's been on Bad Boy had Bro, Craig Mack, brother. I mean have have had like drastic crap happen to him. Matter of fact, the only thing that I think the outside of Mace and the, the cats from the, the girls and the guys from making the band, everyone else has just fell the bro, off. Mace didn't get up in the church, bro. Yeah, Mace, yeah, bro. yeah, Mace went to the church. Like, twice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he had to like then had to bum rush. It, it felt like he had to bum rush Diddy on while he was at power. Was it power uh the Breakfast Club to get his stuff to get uh, to get him signed off yeah. of Bad Boy, like yeah. you know how desperate you have to be. <laughs> but it was it was interesting. So I listened to how the locks got off of Bad Boy, and it, it like I think it was Jada started breaking furniture up in the office. Oh, it was yeah, it was crazy stuff. So yeah. so like again, you you think about you know I take this back to X. It's about you know X getting with Swiss. Getting the locks, getting uh Eve. Like people forget, like Eve was like the f- the first lady of Rise. Like as far as like Eve was, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Eve was before there was Nikki, before there was uh um uh, Cardi B, Megan. You know Megan. Yeah. You had Eve. Yeah. And like she sounds like a forgot, not a forgotten one, but. You know, they always talk about, you know, the, the current ones, you know, and they going against Lil' Kim and and uh, uh, who's the other chick that Lil' Kim was getting. But when we talk about female Foxy. rappers, it's like, yeah, Foxy, Foxy yeah, Eve kind of, she kind of floated through and like, I don't know the writer, like, like she was dope. Yeah. Bro, like that off of that, that Rough Rider, that, that first song, they, that first out, bro, oh, she killed it. Yeah. Ride or die! Like Eve, Eve, yeah. like, and they got her from, and it was like it's Dr. Dre was gonna shelf her for a while because you know how perfectionist Dr. Dre is. So it was gonna be some time before he even got got with her, and she was able to get away. And luckily enough, they found her in Philadelphia. Yeah, like literally, <clears throat> DMX got got this girl out the strip club, like literally. You know what I'm saying? Like she was literally stripping. Made a you know. It wasn't D. It wasn't there. You wonder who it was? Who was it? Mace. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense then. <laughs> Mace saw her. Mace yeah. saw her and uh told her that like, she was like, I just went there to make some money. I was she said I wouldn't even I was just, I was a lazy one. Like I wasn't like stripping hardcore. Like I got there, I was lazy, I ain't what I was doing, and Mace saw me and he, he asked if I had something different. I bust around for him and said, Why are you in here? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's just crazy again. How it all kind of co- comes back. Still had to go ahead and get to, to X. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, she had to. She had to. That's all that 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 documentary thing. She had. They brought her to uh, Rough Rider, the the studio, and she had to battle DMX in a group setting to get into that. Whew. That's. Man, Damn, bro. Y- y'all remember that scene from White Man Can't Jump, where <laughs> Billy had to just trying to get his girl onto the onto the thing, and he had to do the hook shot. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's basically what Eve had to do against DMX. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yep. and so shout out to Eve. Um, Eve is one of the um, he's one of the dopest people. Like again, I think they get slept on. We talked about women in hip hop, um, particularly in the the odds, the two thousands. So that could be uh, a segment later. Oh, absolutely, that can be a segment. Matter of fact, Dad's gonna have to write that Pencil down. Pencil that in. Pencil, Pencil that, that in. Put, put write that. Yeah. Down for yeah. My Dude, y'all gotta watch that 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 documentary, that five part series, bro. Like, On the, the Rough Riders Riders and... Chronicles was it the Rough Riders Chronicles? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna have to. I'm wanting to get into that, especially with everything going on. Well. Real quick before you, because you, because you, uh, you really didn't give me your 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 two songs, so I want to get you back to that. But I think I saw something that said that DMX music stream wise was like a either a thousand percent. Was it a thousand? over nine hundred? Yeah, it was, it was not, over nine hundred percent. Thousand percent. Yeah, up in this past week, which was crazy. Um, but anyway, um, Shep, give me your. Give me your song. Give me your, like your, since eat, since, uh, Arison took it. Um, give me your song. Your, your favorite, one of your favorite songs and one of your most memorable songs. It could be how, and, and tell me how and why it was memorable for you. Um, well, like I said, well, I, I know he said intro and that, like I said, that one, that's the one that it was like, it was a buildup to his album. You know what I mean? Like I said, you had, the four, three, two, one. That was like, like he already came out with like, um, uh, money, power, respect. You know, because they were all from Yonkers. Locks came out before him, but he was the better one. And you know, so they got on and they got got him on that track. And four, three, two, one came out. Twenty four hours to live. So it's like this big hype for this dude to come out and then drops his album. And that song to start off his album career to be that song that was the perfect song to show yeah. or to have him go five straight albums to to debut at number one five straight almost six like that's unheard of yep you know and that's the song from his first like his first track like a lot of times you get the first track of someone's album and it's just like ah like this one's it was an intro with two minute song on it. And it was just like, like, okay, yes, this investment's good. So, um, but the two, there's two songs that uh, stuck out to me as I listened to this album. Uh, in fact, this album's like one of my top five albums of all time anyway. So uh, when he got to Damien, mm. like it was just this buildup. And then Damien came yeah. in, you know, and this back and forth between him and you know, and uh, the angel on his shoulder, you know, it was just like, who it was crazy, you know. I mean, he even, uh, if you listen back to it, when he was rapping with different, you know, both voices or whatever, he even tried to pretend like he was a son. And his son was just like, What's up, my nigga? <laughs> you know, like, What's up, nigga? You all right? You know, you know, and just that, that DMX style. So, uh, for him to come out with, with Damien, I was like, All right, man, this dude, oh, he's dark. You know, he's in there, he's he's grimy and everything like that. Then you get to the end of the album and he pops off with Convo. Like, I just that duality. You know, the, yeah, just that body, like 
like wow like you hit him like okay he's one of those you know it's dark hell aside he's all about you know like the darkness and everything but he's having a conversation with the lord himself right you know so it was like okay this is a different kind of cat for me so yeah uh those those were the two that that, that jump out to me and uh and like i said when, when y'all here watch the thing you're gonna realize it. swiss beats he only had one track he produced on that album his first ever track the other ones were the uh, uh what were their names uh pete no shoot can't remember but yeah he only had one track and and, and uh i think swiss beats actually ended up doing you know he grew from that so he was just beginning Wow. From that, so there's the Rough Riders yeah. anthem. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that was his only yeah. track on that whole album. Wow, that's crazy. I thought, see, I thought Swizzy did the whole. No, that's fact, yeah, it caused some tension a little later from that. So yeah, you gotta watch the documentary, bro. Like, all right, I'm all, I'm all in. Well, I'm I'm all in with that with the doc because you, you you're giving me stuff like that's why I love to know. Yeah, I love documentaries, bro. I'll yeah. watch that for sure. No, knowing stuff that we don't, that we were around for that time and not knowing, it's kind of it's it's kind of like the the last dance. You know what I mean? Like, you you know it, yeah. but you're getting you getting yeah. more, you getting a little bit more. It's still some more meat on that bone. You know what I'm more saying? In depth, yeah. yeah, more yep. in depth with everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, before I go to uh, actually, let me go to Dez and then I'll, I'll round it off before we go to the next one. Let me go to Dez. Dez. DMX was something that you, I don't know. Like, I want to hear, because I've known, we've heard E and, and Chef's story over the last, you know, a couple pods with DMX. But I don't think I've really, now that I'm thinking about it as I'm, I'm talking to you, I don't think I've ever really got your, like, background with X. Like, how you felt about X. So, I'm going to just, just get out your way and let you cook with this and and then bring it home with your, with your two favorite, you know, your your favorite DMX song and your most memorable DMX song. Yeah. So uh, for me, my ex, spends um, a lot just from for historical rap purposes and just uh, lyrically the energy that that he brought. Um, like, like DMX came around came out around the time that like I'm you know I'm, I'm young. A lot of things that he does that he's saying, I can't either one, I can't either relate to, or two, I don't know what it means. But yo, his energy though, you felt and like it just in this different lyrics that he said or used. Uh so I, I appreciate but I you know, knowing what he meant to the game at the time, you understood that value as well. And um, but I, part of me like I've blanked out a lot of I've blanked out a lot of um, hip hop music. I don't know, but it's like a blip, like, like from you like Thanos snap. You yeah, have... yeah, I got Thanos snap <laughs> with hip hop music. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, excuse me, but uh, I know I I knew and I understand what he meant to to hip hop, and uh, he'll definitely be missed. Um, I wish that he still got more roses while he was still here. Um, he may have got he probably got some roses but not enough to as that he deserved and that's always the case until some, someone passes away yeah 
uh my when when the ex passed away uh you know me me and me and the wifey we was going through a deep dive we didn't really go through a deep dive we kind of got stuck on one song but we did a dive on just some of the some of the hip-hop i mean some of the music that dmx did you know um so i'm gonna probably cheat and do two because i don't have like a favorite moment we give you two songs uh one which is one of our intros is x gonna give it to you mm. and then the other one is slipping Ah, I was waiting for someone to get to slipping. Oh yeah, slipping. You can't, you can't forget that one, bro. Yeah, and so I, sh- I shout out to my wife for bringing that one back up. So, yeah, that's my shout tea. T. Shout out to T. I know she's busy getting her uh, doing her thing. Um, so shout out to um, sister-in-law. Um, but uh, yeah, sh- slipping absolutely. I think Slippin' is one, it's probably his most underappreciative songs. Like everyone knows, you know, they yeah. give it to you. Um, everybody knows who we be. Um, I think, you know, I, but Slippin', man, that always, you know, I don't care who you are. Everyone's been at that point. You know what I'm saying? You got like, you, like you, you, you know, yeah. we used to always say, like, man, you slipping. You know, we still say it, you know, but when you really sit there when it's just you, though, yeah. when it's just you and you know you slipping. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I love, that's the one thing, like I said, like X, he broke racial barriers. He made himself so relatable. One of my favorite moments, um, and this is, like I said, this is totally non-sequestered moment, but I remember... You know, because like I said, my background being in a, you know, in a very multicultural cultural background in the suburbs of Chicago, in suburbs, you know, in the, in the South Holland and Lansing and area, right? But I had a lot of, you know, friends that weren't black. They were a lot, there were a lot of white cats. I remember just particularly 98. So I was commuting to, to college. So that's a story in itself. But I was hanging out with some of, some of my homies that were like, just so like a seniors. I remember on the weekends we used to ride around blasting that 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 DMX album and just seeing how people were like just like they were relating to it. Like I'm saying, like just it was something about that pain that we all I don't care how much money you got, I don't care how much um clout you got, we all gonna go through pain. And somehow that pain that DMX was able to put on for the world. Talk about the demons, but then like like Shep talked about, talk about God. Like we all had that 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 uh those conversations, whether we want to admit it or not, or to do good. You know, it talks about it in the Bible, not to get all philosophical, but it talks about it in the Bible. I think it was Paul talks about how that. I want to do the thing, I want to do good, but because of my flesh, I keep doing bad things. I keep doing the things that I know I shouldn't be doing. Like, to me, that's what DM, that's like defined, that's like, to me, that describes DMX. Like, DMX was like a modern day Paul. Like, bro, he knew the Bible. Like, like how many rappers can you say? Like, like not, not, I'm not even talking just like saying it, oh, I'm a Christian. Right, right. He, like actually knew the Bible. Now, was it his it down. Now was his 
theology on point at times? No, but the heart of it, here's the thing. If you don't, and I'm speaking of it from, I'm speaking from, from me, myself, for a person who grew up in church, for a person who went to private school, private Christian school from the jump to graduate to college graduation, right? My walk with God 30 years ago to where it is now shouldn't look the same, right? Like, and I know some of the things that I thought like was like, all right, this is, this is written on the tablet. You know what I'm saying? Those things that I thought to where I look at now and I'm like, yo, like, you know, there's growth. Like, you know, you'll come into it just saying, okay, whatever, but however you're going to, 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 um, however you come to Jesus thinking that just because you said it, all right, bet I know everything. Like there's growth, you know what I'm saying? And DMX never shied away, shied away from the growth. He never shied away from being transparent with his struggle. Even when he was doing hood stuff. And to me, that's real life. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because, look, look, I don't struggle like I used to struggle, but doesn't mean I still don't struggle. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, so, hey, and that's why I got I, a funny story from Go ahead. I got a funny. So, like, he was talking, he said that he, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was in that hood. Like, he what, robbed, stole, beat, you know, did all kinds of stuff, ran out on cabs, held stick up point. So, he said he walked in an alley and five guys surrounded him. And they said that he robbed their homeboy, right? And he was like, what are you talking about? I didn't rob your homeboy. You know, and they're like, yeah, you robbed him. He's like, I didn't rob him. What are you talking about? You know, so, you know, come to find out what happened was he didn't rob the homeboy. The homeboy robbed somebody. No, somebody robbed the homeboy and DMX robbed the robber that robbed the homeboy. So DMX had his jacket on. So he did rob somebody. Rob that dude. Uh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and so he yeah. ended up getting beat down. They beat him and put him in the hospital. He said his throat swole up. He had all kind of stuff in there. His his mouth got wired and everything like this. And uh, so once he got out, you know, he had that wire on for a while. He wasn't signed yet. And dude from Def Jam, someone set up a, 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 a you know, interview with dude from Def Jam so he had to go in and perform for him in the studio you know D was two hours late so he walks in there and flows in front of dude, Irv Gotti and, and uh, dude from Def Jam flows with his energy and everything right dude from Def Jam president is just like eh, alright you know and then Irv Gotti's like man you ain't you ain't hype off of that what's going on what's going on bro and uh, he was like ah it was, it was alright and then, and then D's homeboy said hey D come here D came over there he said open your mouth bro he opened his mouth. His mouth was still wired. He performed in front of Def Jam with a wired shut. Yeah. They said they heard every word that he said. They felt his energy. And they said Def, the dude from Def Jam walked yeah. out the door was so hyped off of that. Yeah. Save Def Jam. Damn. Yes, yes. Russell talked about that a lot, how DMX saved Def Jam. Yes. No question. You know what I'm saying? So, again, just man, like I said, just a pioneer in the game. Like, um, like I said, I, I've 
with X passing to me, if in a different way, but I still put it on the same level as when Pac, as when Big died. You know what I'm saying? Like I, for me, I've put it on that same level just um, because of what he's meant to the game, what he's meant to me as a person who I didn't, I didn't, you know, like 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 Des said, I can't relate to a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and I had I had dudes, I had like a, I always I had a you know I had a stormy in my life to to point out like, hey, like what is he talking about? In this oh, this means this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, okay, bet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I had I had my I had the big brother showing me what it was. So that way I didn't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's the whole it's the it's the line from like Hove said it. Like Jay Z said it, but it still gets applied to a whole bunch of cats where Hove did that. So hopefully you don't have to go through that. Like that still, to me, that still sums up DMX. Like D did a lot of stuff that I didn't have to do because I didn't have to go. I didn't have to go through it, but I still learned lessons from. Oh, yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so I guess for my man, like, we talked a lot about the great ones. We talked about, you know, X going to give it to you. Um, I still, it wouldn't be me if I, like I said, I even have this on one of my, um, I have a, a very eclectic playlist that I used to listen to all the time. I used to had a, had a long commute. Um, and it had a lot of like worship music on there. It had some Christian hip hop on there as Christian contemporary music, but I also had the DMX Lord, give me a sign on mine. So that's my personal favorite <laughs> DMX um joint and just for people like oh he's capping no i'm not i will show you right here it has been on my playlist let me see here pull this got a whole bunch of playlists but for making mix cds to playlists <laughs> you know what i'm saying mixed tapes i had the tapes yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, we Bro, like off the off the radio absolutely I remember uh, I had the Fisher. I had, when I was little, I had a Fisher Price. Yep, the little tan quarter, little tan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I put it. Yeah, you all had it too. Yes, yeah, I put it in front of the TV, and I, I hit record and or next to the radio to record. Yeah, man, just those man, Mike Love and the, I just remember how many times I record off Mike Love and the Dead's, but I don't know if y'all can see. So, um, where is it? There. So I got I got some Toby Mac, right? And then if you go mm -hmm. down, yep, right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I'm not like I said I like that. I said X is X. So that's my most favorite, my most memorable man. Um, just because I remember, and my bo talking to my, one of my friends who's who's Caucasian. My boy Matt Evers, I, I call him Chewy. <laughs> this dude had a Monte Carlo, and he had the box in the back in the uh, in the in the uh, in the trunk. With you know, with I think he had like two or three kickers in it. it the dude, the thing just rattled the block. When we put in Rough Riders Anthem, mm -hmm. the remix. Now I'm not talking about the not not the original joint. This is one of the songs, again, this is one of the other songs that gets me unappreciated because that's when the first time, because that was on the Rough Riders Volume 1 with the, my, you know, my dog's gone, y'all dog's gone, 
And then we gonna show them now. Nah, 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 nah. First we had them like, oh, now they like, oh, why, baby? Like that one, man. When I we put that on, I remember we came, we were driving down Ridge Road in Lansing, and I remember some dudes pulled up on us. It was like, yo, some brothers. We I was like, oh shoot, we about to get jacked. <laughs> and these dudes were like, yo. What joint is that? What, what what is that? I was like, that's the Rough Riders. That's that new joint. Like, and like, and, and Chewy just sitting there. Matt just sitting there, just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> With frosted tips and the whole nine. And so we put that joint on. We put, we were just driving down Ridge Road for like a good half hour. Just kept playing that joint over and over. Like rock, but we played. We 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 alternate between that one and rock bottom. You know what I'm saying? And that joint. Man, that was just my, probably the most memorable because I, I mean, no matter if you if you see anything that says stop, you see a four way sign, you say stop. If you don't, if somewhere in your mind you don't say drop, shut them down, open up shop, something's wrong. Facts, that's you know facts. Like anytime someone says, says drop, shut them down, open up shop, like everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So that's just again the impact X had on. So again, rest in peace to DMX. We will miss you, but we'll catch you on the other side. Cause I believe I know you're going to see him again. So, um, moving right along. So our next topic on the show today, we had a really interesting, so this is two weeks in a row where we've come up with, I've, I've come up and I've seen interesting things on, on, Twitter or Instagram, or in this case, TikTok. So I got to give a shout out to um, OG the Beast underscore sports because he always comes up with great lists. He came up with this list. If the era, it's fourth and one, one second to go in the game, you need a touchdown to win. Who do you give the ball to? You give it to Adrian Peterson of 2012. Do you give it to Jerome Bettis of 1996? Marshawn Lynch of 2013? Or Derrick Henry of 2020? To win the game. Now, to make it a little easier, I'm even going to break down some of the stats from these years. AP okay. uh, 2012 ran for 2,097 yards. He had a six-yard, six yards per carry average ran for only 12 touchdowns Jerome after Bettis, breaking after, you, you cut out ACL and MCL by yes. The yes that was a year after correct hello yeah no are we good we hear you because I heard you yeah yeah that's kind correct so we get that year so then we got Jerome Bettis of 96, ran for 1431, 4.5 average, 11 touchdowns. Marshawn Lynch. Now, Marshawn is the tricky one. Marshawn, to me, is a tricky one. Marshawn of 2013, that was 12 th- – uh, 1,257 yards, 4.2 yard per carry, 12 touchdowns. However, 2012 Marshawn Lynch 
which I think is the one that he was really talking about. I think he just said 2013. That one ran for 1590, 5.1 yard average and 11 touchdowns. So you can either, you know, whichever version of Marshawn you want to give. And then you had Derrick Henry last year, ran for 2,027 yards, 5.4 yard touch, uh, uh, yards per carry, 17 touchdowns. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to go in reverse order this time. So Desmond, who are you picking to win this? You going with Marshawn, AP, the bus, or Derrick Henry? Going with the bus. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Y'all getting going old school. Okay. I like that. <laughs> Wayne. I'm going with the bus. He was hard to bring down. He was a big dude. Shout out to Notre Dame running back. Uh okay. Is that is that it? I mean, you going with I mean, that? You gotta get that picture of him running over Erlach. Like you can't uh, you can't get that out of mind. Can't get out of mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of things that scarred in there. That's one of them. Hey, you know what? That's the old line from uh, that's the old line from the uh, Above the Rim soundtrack. I, I see your pain. You do? It runs deep. Share it with me. <laughs> so, so that's uh, going with Jerome Bettis. All right, bet. Uh, we'll, let's go with the young and We'll go with E because I heard E from uh, E. In the, oh, actually, looks like E's in the middle or something. So, We'll come back to E in just a second. Uh, Shep, let's go you. Um, I, I, some of these questions, I they, they kill me with those. It's like all four of them just, you know. Yeah, now don't, to, to be fair, all four of them get the job done. Yes, I think yes. It's going to be, it's just going to, who's going to, who has the most likelihood of getting job done more out of 10 times 10 out of 10, who's who's coming through getting the job done? Yeah, I had to do process of elimination. Um, I eliminated Adrian Peterson uh, from 2012. I just, I, he, I, just, I just remember him so much as fumbling at the wrong time. I think the Bears got to win off of him because of a fumble. Um, you know, not saying that it takes away from it, but I just, that's why I got him eliminated. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Jerome Bettis, he was big, powerful. No one could really stop him, you know, the bus. But I don't know. It's, I it, it, The toss-up between me was Marshawn Lynch and uh, Derrick Henry. And uh, after seeing Derrick Henry throw, like, at least four guys <laughs> over the past two years, like, sending dudes, like, parallel to the ground, I, you know, I, I got to go Derrick Henry. I, that dude, he's, he's a monster. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him go against uh, the 85 Bears defense, see see what would have came out of that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say something really sacrilegious. I'm going to say something really sacrilegious real quick. What's up? I think Derrick Henry destroys Diving just, I, I, I really do. He's here's the reason why I say that. You know why? Because he's bigger than half the damn team anyway. Outside of yeah. Green Prairie, he yeah. he is stiff arming Mike Singletary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Wilbur Mark, like it will be the only one I'd play. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that one gives me a pause. Like just a, just a straight up. Yeah, nah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I almost say some sacrilegious, and this is not just recently biased. I just think Derrick Henry's just he's just built different. He's just a different cat. So yeah, he's, I don't. That's I don't know how they created that dude. I just like, he's that no. Just a man is not human. That that's that dude that that running back. He's something that you create for Madden just to just dominate. You know what I'm saying? A six four running back that's like two fifty, but that runs a four. Yeah, you get you go to the edit screen, yeah. you start doing things. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to take I'm going to take the worst the worst team and put this dude on there and just run a championship. That's what you do, right? So <laughs> uh E, I hear you now. Let me um let me get yours. Who of those four? AP, yeah, Derrick Henry, the bus. Or Marshawn. So we've got one vote for Marshawn. Right? Because Stormy, you went with Marshawn. No, no. No, you I went with Derrick Henry. Henry. You went Derrick Henry. Dez, yeah, he went with the bus. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Yeah. Ooh, Derrick Henry. Okay. So we got two for Derrick Henry. One any anything you like to add to the whole Derrick Henry discussion. Uh as far as me, like, you know, with Derrick Henry, um, it, it, it's – he is – I mean, it's really not that fair to him for him to be moving that fast, right, and be that damn big. But uh, I am going to go ahead and go with the bus. Oh, um, the youngin' sticking the yeah, game. Y'all fooling yeah, the yeah. Right. Look at y'all. I actually, I thought that I was going to have an unpopular opinion, but when Devin said the bus, I was like, oh, yeah, he know. Listen, bro, there was a game where the bus had literally two yards rushing but three touchdowns. Facts. Yeah. So that screamed short yardage the whole time to me, man. If I needed that dude was huge, he could move a little bit. Dude. Yep, that's you know what I'm saying. I was asking and to go got, one yard. We, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And we asking, we we saying, uh, who do we want to put in there? I'm gonna go ahead and get my boy the bus man, Jerome Romy Rome Bettis, uh, and he's a two time champion, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I so I don't want to rain on y'all parade. So we had a situation where he was at the one yard line to seal the the game against, I think it was Indianapolis, and right. he got stripped. So that kind of, did he go Yeah, forward? he stripped, they lost the game. They, uh, <laughs> what'd you say? They, 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 did he go forward? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, so story, what kind of argument? Did it happen in the year that Mark reference the version of Jerome Bettis that we're getting. Yeah, we're going about that year, not, and I don't think he did. So we're going that year. This is like prime. What year did you reference? 90... 96. 96 Jerome yeah, Bettis. Yeah. It was 2000. Yeah. 2000. He gets in, he gets in in 96. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, uh, Man, but that was the year of a bit, a lot of big backs, though. I think Christian Okoye was in there, the Nightmare Nightmare. Uh, no, dude from New Orleans was out by then, he wasn't in there in '96. Was he? Oh. He was gone by then, yeah. I, I, I think the bus is the one that, that lasted out of all those big backs. 
I mean, so out of four. Ironhead Hayward, remember him? <laughs> yeah, but again, he was gone by then. Uh, rest yeah. In, rest in peace, Ironhead Hayward. Um, mm-hmm. The 34th New Orleans Saints. I'm going to go with, I mean, Derrick Henry's already won. I, I, I would probably go that because again, 6'4, 250. He, he's got a stiff arm, but since the youngins have already gone, um, have already taken that, I'm taking Marshawn Lynch of 2012. I like that. I'm I'm learned something that Pete Carroll obviously never learned. Give the damn ball to Marshawn. Give it to Beast Mode. First and goal, bro. At least try it. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, like at least he just got man. you down to the nine. He just ran nine yards over people. Right. So all it has to do is literally lean forward. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm He has my favorite touchdown run of all time, by the way. Oh, the rumble in C and in Seattle where the earthquake? He- yeah. Where he's yeah. arm Alex Brown not once but twice, and then get the crotch grab at the end. Yes, Man. absolutely, absolutely. Richter scale. Yeah, run. yeah. Can't believe it. Yeah, so that I I think that. Yeah, was- but that's the thing. Put that run against that run. Uh, Derrick Henry had against was it Jacksonville that ninety-eight yarder. And he pushed dude twice as on the sideline and scored. Was it again? I just I don't think I don't think you can. I mean, again, we're we're splitting atoms here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you yeah, know, you kind of have to. You kind of have to. You splitting atoms. Derrick Henry to me is the I think is the the far favorite. Like, if you stat rank it, I think he comes out in the winner. But Marshawn Marshawn is my number two. Just slightly yeah. ahead of home. And honestly, AP is the fourth because for all those yards he ran, he only got 12 touchdowns. And, you know, a lot of those were breakaway runs. You know what I'm saying? He never really got – so. He's a freak, though. He's a freak. Like, like Oh, no, AP is a freak. What's wrong with that dude? No. I don't – Yeah. Like, no. who tears the ACL and comes back, like, the next day, like, okay, let me, what we got going on today, fellas? Give me some Robitussin. <laughs> I don't and he, and he's that old kind of dude though. Like I like yeah. I didn't realize Adrian Peterson was because he's from Texas. Yes, right. Yeah. So yeah. like some of the things that I've heard him, t- you know, hearing him talk and some of the things that he's done, it's just like he's just an old school dad with yeah. with Texas background. Like yeah. he's just he's just that cowboy kind of dude. Yeah. Bald. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Old school, you know. Yeah. AP was nasty though, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. I did it, bro. My goodness. It. Yeah, there's no there's twice no... a year I had to deal with this cat. Like we had, you know, what you? I'm we all he got did. shoot a fourth of his career yards is against the Bears. He would have had more if he could head on to the ball. Exactly. He literally rushed for like 200 yards against the Bears, like on two different occasions, maybe even three. Yeah, he rushed for two. I think he rushed for 250 against us or something one day. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we had that conversation. So we, it looks like Derek Henry comes out, but we, we have some good opinions on that. Um, rolling into the next topic. 
Uh, well, first of all, before we get into the next topic, Des, is it a good time to do your WNBA recap or? Yeah, I can give you. I can give you the 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 quick quick run through of it. Real all right, quick. give me the give me the WNBA breakdown. But before you start, can you explain the 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 Chicago Sky draft? Taking a point guard from Australia. Well, I can perhaps. Uh, so I put three. Look, oh five, uh, five six. And answers from overseas. In I don't know her age, but it looks like she's about nineteen twenty ish. Look, um, we had uh, when we was at the when me and C was at the WMA combine um, a couple weeks ago. One of the things that was mentioned to us was they they was going to start looking overseas more because they have access to the games and the films. We didn't we didn't think nothing of it. Okay, no problem. And Laura behold, here comes tonight, where you have a lot of overseas players. Like I felt like this is like the NBA on the second round, like where you just see a lot of people drafting the stash. It's crazy the amount of overseas people that got drafted over a lot of the top tier uh, college athletes that were in this year's draft. Like you have like player of the year players going in the second round, which is completely unheard of. You look at everyone's experts mock draft for the WNBA, maybe they have two picks right at most. And that's, that's like that's that's absurd. And that's, that's like, and that's your number one pick going, you know, being correct, which is almost pretty much a given. And then maybe your number two pick on some mock people on some mock board draft. That alone should tell you how wild this draft was. Wow, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Where did the girl from um Texas go? Texas, she went number one. Okay. Yeah, number one. She went number one. Uh, another people's favorite is Ari McDonald from from Arizona. She went number five. Uh, no, where did she go? Hold on, I'm looking at the wrong, looking at the wrong stuff right now because I'm so oh. discombobulated. Okay. Just dropped it out too. The WA draft board. Okay. Yeah, Ari went number three, which. Her stock rose so much because of her play in the tournament. In the tournament, with uh, the defense that she did shutting down, shutting down um, the girl from UConn and shutting down Kiana in the championship games, and pretty much carrying that team all the way to the championship. Her stock r- rose so much to the point where she was drafted number three. Mm-hmm. Like she was even, she was probably most people rated her at probably second round or late first. But she went top three over another guard that a lot of another guard such as like Dana Evans, who you know from Gary from Gary Indiana, uh, she was top been top tier for the past two years, and she went the second round. So it's so it's so much um, craziness that happened in this draft that you know you could pencil this in as something to, to look back on years down the road. When you look at like Indiana's pick, where a lot of experts had. The girl that she's drafted, that she, that got drafted, they had her projected to either second or third round, and she went number four. Yeah, that's that's a that's a 
That's a curveball for sure. Yeah. Dallas, the Dallas Wings had the first and second pick. Dallas Wings had the first, not only the first and second, but they had the fifth and the 13th. And Wait, what? what kind of what kind of trade uh Madden 2012 draft is this? Like it's how, a, did end up, how did they end up with those many picks in the top 10? I think it has something to do with or when they traded uh Skyler Dagan. Ah, okay. So I don't exactly know the origin of where the picks navigated from, came from, originated from. Well, the uh, first pick came from New York. To get yeah. Uh, the second one looks like uh, that, that was there. their pick. Atlanta took Ari. Um, Indiana Fever took the girl from West Virginia. And then... Which I got, I'll tell y'all something about her afterwards. The fifth pick that was via Washington and New York, which I, that, that that pick had trained traded places twice. Yeah, they took the guard from uh, shooting guard from Arkansas. Yeah, so I I think that looking at this draft, I think two things you could say that one, I think the GMs of these teams are starting to favor overseas play more than the actual college play. And that, and with that being said, I think you're going to see, start seeing a lot more overseas players drafted over than over the college athletes that you normally see fan of, that you're become a fandom of. One girl that I was happy to see get drafted was Dee Dee Richards from Baylor. Her, if you haven't followed her story, her story has been crazy. Is, phenomenal back in October she was in practice and was down near like paralyzed and and from like either October to like it took her like a month to re- to learn how to walk again and you know in like two months she was back to playing ball again that's wow what was her name again D.D. Richards from Baylor where did she get drafted to? She got drafted in the second round. Uh, she got drafted to to uh, New York Liberty. She's a, a phenomenal. Um, oh, okay, I see her. I see her. Yeah, she was so a they phenomenal. Got two players in the second round. Yeah, she's a phenomenal on ball defender, uh, and she was part of reason why Baylor ended up losing to uh, UConn in the Elite Eight because so she went down. Yeah, she went down. She got she got hurt, and they couldn't. They tried to put it back in the game, and she over there dragging a dead leg, and just you know couldn't just couldn't compete. And that was part of the reason why they ended up losing that game. Mm. So Chicago picked up two point guards. Give Court, Courtney Courtney some help. Um, so um, I mean, even still, that 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 that. That Chicago team is going to be still nice, regardless. Regardless, I think what you're saying, you know, just kind of pick back up what you were saying with the going the three rounds or whatever. Um, and this with with so many people getting picked up overseas, I think this kind of goes back to your point, which you brought up the last podcast about the the need for the league to expand because mm-hmm. you have so much talent. I mean, if you got so much talent that's going so third round, right? I think that just goes back again. They need to expand the league to go up to 12. How many, like, like I, if, okay, let me ask you this, Des. Mm-hmm. If the league came to UNT 
I said, hey, we need you guys to be to help us out as far as expansion. How many teams would you want to expand and where would you want the expansion to do? Like, you do like two teams every two years type thing or what would you do? Probably two two years every every like every two three years or something like that. Uh, if po- yeah, if possible, uh, do like a six year. Uh, I mean, you, I don't know. I, I'll say at least two two teams. Like I don't say every other year, but I guess crazy part. I'll say like every three four years maybe. Add another two teams. Add another two teams. With the goal, with the goal being how many, like, optimally, would you say the league should have? Teams wise, somewhere between twenty and thirty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Especially, especially with the way you're trying to advertise and promote uh, the the league right now, and get more and more athletes interested. Especially if you're going to start drafting more and more players than overseas. Do you think? Do you think the overseas drafting will help get those some of those ratings because how how overseas treat those female athletes? Uh, I don't think so, because a lot of people like to, uh, especially the, the problem with the W is advertising to us Americans. It's not necessarily our, the problem with advertising to the international because they already love women's basketball. Mm-hmm. It's the, pro- the problem is, is with, with us. Yeah. And with, uh, and this is just me just thinking out loud, but, you know, without seeing like some of your college athletes, you know, go and play on the next level, or you have to wait two, three years to see them because maybe they got drafted in the second round, didn't make the team. So they went overseas to play for a couple of years and they came back and it's like, oh yeah, I remember that girl. And it just becomes that much harder to follow because a lot of people are not going to stay up late or go back or rewatch uh, someone's play um, from an overnight, you know, overnight game. And gotcha. You know, and you can you can equate that to like saying, um, like with the NFL, with you say a game happened at or some football game. If you're not a fan of that team that and they played overseas, they played in London, whatever. Yeah, you're not going to try to tune into the game. Ten o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, no, no one was. That's why the reason why the uh, what was it the uh, the football league, league. yeah, the Europe, Europe league didn't last because they weren't getting people to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Hey, let me ask this. Um, so, with the amount of international players that they did draft, the players that were drafted from there, are these, or if you know, are they top-notch players? Because I don't see uh, the popularity of women's basketball being international and how big it is that they would want to not play there, but play here? Or is it that they're drafting their rights? If like, like a Tony Kukoc deal or like, I don't, I don't see the, the draw for them to come here to play. If there's such a popular uh, cross seeds. I mean, you know I mean? The, the draw is to cool. still be, the draw is still be in America. You know, we're still, you still have much way more freedom over here than you do in any other country, regardless of how you are treated. Um, but and the thing is, if the some athletes, uh, they do they play in both leagues. They're playing the W, and then they're also going to go and play in the and overseas. So it's like it's a that's why the the, the league the W is uh, scheduled the way it is because it revolves around the other the other leagues. 
Got you. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 What are, what other surprises is we as you found uh, we finalized the WNBA segment on the show. What other surprises of the draft that stick out to you, or um, someone who's like, hey, I, this person didn't get drafted as high, or they went maybe a second or third round, but this person could be something, in, you know, two, three years or whatever. Um, I mean, I'll start off with probably the first pick that surprised and kind of sent the draft into chaos, which is the fourth pick for the Indiana Fever. Um, like I said, a lot of my drafts had her rated in the second or third round. Uh, she went fourth. I know she's been working with, uh, I call him Uncle, Uncle John Lucas the third. So, oh, JL. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The LeBron dunked over. <laughs> so, so she, she, I know, I know she's been working with him. So there's a lot, a lot of videos and and stuff on her Instagram page and Twitter that she's been working out. She prepares for the WMEA draft. Uh, I think another, I think the Lynx got another great player, player in, in Rena Davis. Uh, she's six two guard from from Minnesota. I think that's a solid pick. It's just that's the solid. first, the whole first round is just. It's so crazy because it did not go the way that a lot of experts or even just people that are fans of the game that watch it, it did not go the way that a lot of people anticipated. Um, another player I said just to continue to be on the lookout on is Dana Evans. Uh, she went in the second round to the Dallas Wings. Uh, she was the first pick in the second round. Uh, she, again, he from she's from Gary. She's from the region. So um, I know she's probably pissed that she went in the second round because she was, again, a top five talent that went all the way in the second round. Um, so it's it's a lot of players like that uh, that you can kind of just point to and talk to. Okay. I didn't see a lot of them, but I want to send a shout-out to what's her name, Rania Davis. She was looking business when she got drafted, bro. Just, I don't know. I, y'all probably see her, but I only saw a few of them, but what she was like, she had a power suit on, and I was like, "Oh, girl!" Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the women, um, their outfit for tonight, they they came to slay, as they would say it. But they yeah. they was on point with a lot of their outfits. That's what's up. Well, we're gonna continue to support and do more WNBA segments as we move through with the with the with the show and and that. Um, yeah, season starts May fourteenth. Yes, yes, May fourteenth. So that's that's the so that's another thing. Like I mentioned before in another episode, they just finished their season two weeks ago. They just figured out who they get drafted to today, and their season starts next month. That's crazy! Wow, insane. <laughs> that's that a quick turnaround. Talk about sink or swim. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So, well. Like I said, we're gonna, you know, we're going to definitely, um, like I say, do more segments with the WNBA. Hopefully, we can have on your other half on the show to kind of talk a little bit more about the WNBA, the challenges of being the agent um, as we move forward here. Uh, but shout out to all the women that made their dream come true tonight, um, and we wish them nothing but success in the future um, as they go on to their professional careers. Um, and those other ones keep grinding, keep grinding. Yes, 
Yeah, and those who are still, you know what I'm saying, are, are trying out, because uh, it's not just about the draft. It's people that get picked up as free agents um, that you already go overseas and stuff. Yeah, keep grinding, because, you know, you um, you know, it's your dream, and you, you're, you're right there. You just got to keep keep working hard and, and to, uh, to pursue that. So um, shout out and best of luck to each and every uh, one of those ladies uh, doing their thing. And, uh, again, we're going to do our best to try to help them grow the game. Um, and go from there. So, um, <clears throat> our last segment of the night, we're going to talk finally a little bit. Oh my gosh. I, uh, there we go. Sorry. I lost all four of y'all. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about one of the greatest shows that we, first of all, shout out to Disney. A lot of people weren't didn't know how to feel about the Disney shows, but the from going from WandaVision, which was great. Did, Chef, you finished WandaVision, right? Yes, I did. E, you didn't finish WandaVision yet, did you? Oh yeah, I finished it. Okay. Yeah. So we you you, you everyone you know, as a as a as a squad, we're all in agreement WandaVision was dope, right? Right, right. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. So we went from that to jumping into the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which Obviously, it's not as it's longer. Uh, probably only about really about ten minutes thus far, um, an episode. But we're only getting six episodes. So we're up at episode four, um, coming into this episode. But fellas, um, are going into episode five, which come break. No, we'll actually be coming out in about six hours. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch it tomorrow. But fellas, can I get your we're over the halfway point with with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Can I get you guys' thoughts on how dope this show is? And it is dope. If you don't think it's dope, there's a problem. But this show is touching on everything. Not only just within Marvel, but within society. Um, I just want to know what you guys thought. Uh-oh. As Desmond breaks into oh, yeah, this scene right here. This scene here. The Dora Milaje, whoo, oh, that, that, whew, that line there, have jurisdiction wherever we be, man. Bro, when he walked up through it to shake your hand. That's when he messed up. That's when he messed up. And he I like it. All right, touch. Oh. Wow. Should have been bobbing and weaving. Counter. Wow. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Look at me on the cut. Stand. This, 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 man. Uh, I hope we should do something. No, no. <laughs> the shade that Bucky gave John. <laughs> oh, and this here. Yeah. It, first of all, would would can I can I ask a question? Pause it real quick, Des, because I want to pause. I want, can I ask a question? The way Ao looked, way, way. I'm sorry. The way Bucky used Ao's first name, very familiar. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Wait, who? You think, mm-hmm. you think Bucky? Was, Bucky used whose name? Mm-hmm. Was, was in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Dark of the Bay, the yeah. sweet the juice. Yeah. She asked yeah, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just like Ao, because like, he he was just like Ao. Like he usually, he used a little bit of, he threw a little bass in there, like a little, 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 little R and B in there. He, he used Ao. 
I, what I wish, I, what I was hoping would, would have happened when they did the flashback to, I think it said six years previously. Yeah, and so that's how the episode. So episode four started off with the with the with the flashback with them yeah. out in the woods and and her and her trying to help wash the brainwash out the words out to yeah. have them help yeah. fight that. Yeah. So as he's going through that pain, and you saw him, he started, he's he's fighting it, and he's tearing up and everything. If she could have just came over there and touched, rubbed his head or something, some kind of emotional touch. What? Bro, I nothing like a black woman's touch on you, just like, baby, it's okay. Like, if she had, oh, man, man, I would have like, okay, I, I'll, I'd have like, I would give you the buzz. I was about to give you, but no, I'll fill you with that. No. Yeah, guys. I, I hear like, you, but I'm going to go to that scene for a moment because that scene, if you peep, because like, First of all, Sebastian Stan acted his ass off in that scene. The amount of emotion that he had to display in that scene. Th- look at this. Yeah. yeah. The amount of emotion that he had to get when he gave he gave you the glory tear. He gave you like right right here. <laughs> He's trying to give you the glory tear. Like, I can't, I can't, I don't want to hurt you. Look, look right there. Is oh my gosh. Like and just how and how she was walking around him for the at the end of the previous episode or episode three, right? Where she was just walking around. I think you're right, Dad. I think someone had Ao and the White Wolf. You know, they did. They did. They, did, they was knocking boots. Right? <laughs> I think. I think so. But you know what was tripped out is the super soldiers flowing. Hey man, listen. A uh, little, little, they have a lot of strong ass Tiger Woods running around. <laughs> 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 strong ass, bars always would say that. Oh, so confused. Uh, hello, fried rice. Goodbye, fried chicken. <laughs> no, but no, for real. For but, real. but, 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 real quick to your point though, if you look, there's on there's one hut out here. And yeah, it's just the fire. So I think they were just letting like, together. Yo, not, listen, I'm not. I think I, I honestly think I think we got some more, some more indication that Ayo and Bucky was doing that thing. You know what I'm saying? They was doing that Uchiwala. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> listen. Now I, I will say this: I thought at the end of episode three when she walked in, like I don't, I didn't, I didn't know her name, I didn't know anything about her, but when she Ooh. walked up. Bro. Do you want to like? I thought that was going to be Storm. Oh no, no, because Storm, no, 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 Storm hasn't been. Storm has, has she has the dealing with Black Panther, right? Right, but she has and, not been so, introduced at all. We would have saw her with everything that's gone on in Wakanda. She would have, uh-huh. she would have been already. They would have showed her there, right? But that's no, what I was I, like, ah, no, no. I knew the moment she pulled up because she was. Ao was the first Dora Milaje we saw in the MCU. She was in mm-hmm. Civil War when Black Panther and Natalia, um, when Nat, they were having their conversation when Nat was trying to get some people to go after for Steve, and so they were walking to the they were walking to the car, and she was kind of blocking the car, and Ao walked up on her, was like, "Move, or you will be removed," and then. Chadwick got right. He was like, as much as I would like to see this, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
well, I was like, oh, okay. And then she was in Black Panther, right? And then she was, she had a little, she had a little cameo in, um, a little cameo in uh, Infinity War and Dark in, um, and in the End Game. But Ao is the general right hand woman, and she is as deadly as she is. Like, like when it comes out to carrying missions, that, like when, when, when the general de- delegates down. That's what Ao is the one that goes on those. So, yeah, that scene. But yeah, I think just the, just the, you know. Here, oh, she hits him with the chi combo. <laughs> Bro, he looks so confused when she just touched him. Bro, and she gave him that look like you. Yeah, she said, "Speaking Wakanda, James." It's like so. That look, that look right there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you something from shout out to one of the dudes I would love to get on the podcast to interview this cat. There's a guy named Straw Hat Goofy on um, TikTok. Chef, I'm gonna send you the TikTok where he talks about that look. He's like, when when Bucky gave that look, all he saw was uh, is a scene from the second uh, Lion King. <laughs> And I can't unsee it. Like how he looked like he betray- like he looked betrayed. Um, I can't think of the I forgot what it was, but I will send it to you. But it it made it was so much sense. But um another thing that Straw Hat has done, and other people have done great jobs breaking down with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is the component of dealing with race. And they've done it very subtly, and I was very shocked that. Disney would go for it, like it actually go actually progressively talk about it subtly and not so subtly with the conversations of let's just be with the whole thing with Isaiah Bradley with the being the the black Captain America lining that up with like the Tuskegee experiments, how they had to take it there using his blood. And that's even how they got the the, the new super soldier blood because they had to do all those experiments on Isaiah. To that same scene when Isaiah got introduced to the cops rolling up on Bucky and Sam, talking about you know talking about those elements there, to just the reason why Sam never wanted to take the 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 the, the shield anyway because there was like this overbearing like they haven't really talked about it yet which I think will happen in this episode. Yeah, him yeah, being black being the black Captain America and is what it comes with and everything like that. To even the stuff that, like I said, it was Straw Hat Goofy that, was, that pointed it out about how even with John Walker being a, a somewhat of a sympathetic character, because he has the black wife, even how he got, like how he his whole thing was built off of the backs or even placating toward a black audience because when he got introduced, we saw his no his his Meghan Markle wife, right? Mm-hmm. His best friend is black. Yep. Then they, it was at an HBC. If you notice, the 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 band was an HBCU band doing the spark the the spark yeah. star spangled man with the playing song, and getting yep. all this heat when they didn't want the original. Yeah, Sam turned it down, but they didn't really. The only person that asked him again to reconsider was Rhodey. But, you know, everybody else was like, you did the right thing by giving up the shield. 
You know what I mean? So like there is so much layers and symbolisms in this show. And just even between um, just even shot for shot of them going back to civil uh, to, to Captain America and um, recreating things and recreating why John Walker is a flawed individual, why he wasn't worthy of the Captain America shield or why Sam, he just is more and more pumping up why Sam and to a lesser degree, Bucky is more worthy of the shield. And like I said, this show has just been amazing. And I can't believe that Disney was as much as pe people try to be PC in this world, particularly as of this week with everything that's going on with the, from the, the Derek Chauvin trial to the Durante Wright shooting to the soldier um, they, with the, that camera, the footage that got let, that got released with the soldier, um, the black soldier that was pulled over by the officers not having the, the temporary tag and him being sprayed and brought out the car and those cops be fired. Like all those contextual things that have happened over the last week and still, and all that being somewhat addressed one way or another in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been amazing. And yeah. I think the acting, um, uh, Anthony Mackie, I've been a fan of Anthony Mackie since 8 Mile. Good old Papa Doc. Mm -hmm. uh, Papa Doc. Hey, that, that, me. It was you went to see that with me, right? No, I didn't see that with you. I <laughs> I saw that with Leah. Shout out to Leah Centauri. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I saw that with Leah. No, um, I didn't I can't have, remember who went with me to go see that. No, I think that was. Uh, I might have just took my cousin now. I think it was my cousin. Yeah, yeah. You know what it was because you know what the reason why because that was. You went with Al to go see it. I went with Lee because that was like my the very last night I was in Sh Chicago Land Air. The next night, that's when I drove yeah. out to Vegas. So yeah, yeah. That was like my last time hanging out with her. Um, and you had went to go. I was like, you went went to go see it with Al like that weekend or something like that. Country Club Hills. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, no, no. So yeah, no. That was uh, but yeah. So Anthony Mackie has been. I was kind of at first kind of skeptical of him being Falcon. I thought someone like Michael B. Jordan should have been Falcon. Pretty easy for pick, man. We gotta start using more actor, actors than just Michael. Oh, B. Jordan. I feel that because but Falcon was supposed to be a younger kind of younger cat. Like if you look at looking at some of the comics and looking at some of the uh, even the animated show, like Falcon was always played like kind of the younger kind of dude, but. Anthony Mackie has bodied that role. Like I, like I can't see anyone else but Anthony Mackie playing Falcon. Mm. And he's brought such a great, just way of handling e every scene, like as um, stoic, but yet with swag to it. Like just, just being his, the essence of Falcon. So shout out to Anthony Mackie. Um, Des, yeah. what, 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 let me kind of get into the, let me ask you guys this, Des and Shep, um, before we wrap up the show, uh, what, what was your, what has been your thoughts of the show? Uh, what are you looking forward to with only two episodes left? Uh, what are some things that you're looking forward to? What are some things that you, you want to see? And lastly, the third part of that, who do you think the power broker is? 
Ooh, I think the the power broker is Haley. I think that's the girl that Sam's been working with. No, you mean Sharon? Yeah, I think the power broker is her. Okay. Why do you think Sharon is Sharon Carter, who's by the way Peggy Carter's niece? Why do you think she's the power broker? It's because the fact that she got a lot of power and a lot of access to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's she's surrounded by bodyguards. She got eyes in the sky. Talk about, oh yeah, they over here. How you know this? <laughs> I got a theory like, for that. I got a theory for that one, but I'm gonna let you cook. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, so. I feel like she's the power broker. Um, if I had a second pick on who the power broker could be, um, no, I don't have a second pick. That's my first pick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> person only. Person only. Grand, grand opening, grand closing. Okay. Um, where, where are some things that you're liking? Where are some things that you uh, hope to see over the next two episodes? The episode tomorrow, and then the final on next week, Friday. Um, I'm hoping that we don't have to wait to the final episodes to actually see uh, Falcon with the shield, but the way things are going, that's literally what's going to happen. You're probably going to see like a, a last three-minute clip of him actually throwing the shield. And... I agree. So I'm going to jump in real quick. I think the scene that you've seen with him practicing with the shield, him and, and then him and Bucky kind of walking up and them kind of walking with it, I don't think that happens to the very last episode, to like the last five minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Um, so, um, what else? I've I loved the way the series has been going. Uh, even the way that the last episode ended um, with... Spoiler. Spoiler. If you have if, if you suckers ain't seen it yet, that's you jive turkeys, that's on you. Desmond, go ahead and spoil the hell out this episode. Look, the way they caught John killing O'Dude and having it recorded, it's like, this is like modern day, literally what happens on a regular basis here in America. (laughs) And I'm just like- Disney's killing it, bro. Yeah, like- With blood on the shield, the the metaphor of blood on the shield. Yeah. And who's who's producing and directing this? So um, I actually saw the director, I can't think of his name, the director, he did um God, I can't think of the name. He did yeah, he did an important show, but he he the way he talked about it, he said race was gonna be key from jump. He also said that hit the most important episode is is episode five, the one coming out tomorrow, and that the episode five was gonna show a character that hasn't been introduced to Marvel yet, and that is a well-grounded MCU character, but he hasn't been on the big screen yet, and he wished that this person would team up with Thor. That's one. Two, that this episode is going to be a tearjerker as well. Uh, but he said that by far, the best episode is episode five. So not to hype it up and not to gas it up, but that's why I'm looking forward to episode five. Look, I'm rolling out of bed watching it first thing. I might have to. Like, I, I do a prayer I'm, thing. I'm on, a, I'm, a, I'm on a school I told Mark, I'm going to be on a school bus telling the kids to hush because I'm watching this. I don't care if the bus is moving. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's a point that, like, you knew things were, I just said new things were about race when 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 um he was trying to get the loan from. Oh, from yeah. Bank. I was like, woof. They pushed. Oh, bro, Chef, how many times in your lifetime 
I know what's happened to me. Desmond, it's probably even happened to you. You're still young though. How many times have people, have you gone and done something, I don't know, I, something, let's say professional, and someone kind of comes sideways with you like, what sport did you play? Or did you play with someone? Like, I've had that happen countless times where people have thought I was some type of entertainer, some athlete. Like, I wasn't just a regular black dude. Like, I had to be one of the big three, an athlete, a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was an athlete, uh, a, a rapper, or an actor. One of the three. I've had that happen several times in my lifetime where I'm just doing something mundane. Like, have you ever had that? Like, like, especially when that dude was going to get, like, this dude's a freaking Avenger. Like, everyone should know this dude. He saved, like, he came back and saved you. Stood next to Captain America, bro. Right. And you don't know who this is? Like, come on. Like, the community, obviously, we know who it was. But, but to counter-argue that, how many, how many, like, just people in general could you really identify with that you know and that may have done X, Y, Z things, but you don't know for what yeah. they're doing? It's just, no, I get you. That's why, that's the, that's why this show is so great, because it drives home that point that he's just, even no matter how much you do, you're still just a black guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, at the end of the day, like, you, I just... You know, but again, it just goes back to the whole point too. Like, no matter what you do, that's why I try to tell some of my friends when we, we have those conversations, and I'm not going to go too deep into it. I'm a very touch, very thin layer on there about when we talk about race, we talk about oppression, we talk about systemic things. And like some of my friends, I, I know some of my friends from back home were like, well, Mark, you're not, you know what I'm saying? You grew up in suburbs. I was like, it doesn't... I was like, yes. It's like, but you don't like none. Of, no one cares if when I get pulled over by by a cop, what school I went to, my grade point average. You know, they don't care about that. They just see. But here's the, here's 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 that one thing you you asked that you know if that's if that's happened to me, and I'm sure it has. You know, to a point where it it's I'm oblivious to it. That's and it. I continue I continue my talk or whatever or. Oh, no, 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 you're okay. And I keep walking or, you know, I'm in the grocery line and that might have happened. The one that always stands out to me is the, uh, oh, wow, you talk really proper. Yes. Oh, my God. That's the one. That's the one that kind of like, what do you mean? Like, this is what we we learned in school. Like, like what? Who? I don't know. Who do you think only talks proper? Right. Or you talk. let's, Let's keep it all the way funky for a second. Or you talk white. Yeah. Yes. That one. Like, I was trying to hear, hear yeah. that. That or when you're in a space in which you can communicate with them on a level in which they didn't think you can understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, my first, my freshman year. My <laughs> freshman year. Uh, I'm the only black, pretty much the only black in my in my computer engineering program in the computer science class. It's like level one or level two i'm killing it like i'm getting i'm killing all the assignments all of them everyone else is struggling or whatever and it was like it was like yo let's ask the, the black white kid because he apparently he knows everything <laughs> yeah you, draw, you give him the both from the middle finger like ah right, whoop yeah no i get you mm-hmm. no i feel i i fought that i actually had one of my friends and I, i'm not gonna 
on wax. I'm not going to out them because that was a private conversation. I salute that gentleman for, um, for having, and he's been one of the few people that have had honest conversations with me, particularly over the last year and trying to learn things. Right. So, but I had a friend without Like I said, I had a group text and, um, and it wasn't, I, again, because I'm sure all the three of us have been on this on the on this on the pod, and I know E's kind of taking care of some things right now. But we've had that situation where you're so used to subtle <clears throat> subtle racism that you have to you don't have time you we don't have enough time in a day to deal with it, right? So I had this friend. We were in a group text with some of my homies back back home, and I'm the only only brother on there, and they were saying something about. I forgot what it exactly was, but it was coming to the point where, where he's one of us. And I was like, yo, like, what, what do you mean by that? And I kind of checked it a little bit. Right. We want to first, I mean, I've checked stuff too. And they don't go, um, that that's not kosher, but that's like, when I like, it was just like on a text. It's like, nah, I'm not, what do you mean by that? Well, you, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not being whatever. Like, well, explain what you mean by that. Right. So um the summary calls me out the blue he's like yo i just need to and he like is in tears like he's breaking up as he's talking like he's choking up and almost breaking down as he's talking to me. like yo like i realized that what i had sent to you was so foul like like that was so disrespectful and i apologize sincerely like that's not what i meant you know like i've you know you've been a good friend you've been da 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 i was like well i appreciate that you know and it was you know, but here's how we learn. And I, I know you didn't necessarily mean harm. It wasn't like you, you didn't, but the subtle racism of like, you know, almost tokenism that you're putting on there. Let's talk about this, Let's unpack these things. You know what I'm saying? And we've, we've done that. Um, so again, and I, and, I, and, I, and I say that all that to say, I think this is what this show is doing is being un- unpacking this, even in the, in the MCU, unpacking some of the, the things that are happening in the world for us to talk about, right? Because let's keep it all the way funky. One of, one of the things, like we look at shows like, we don't have those shows outside of Blackish, right? We kind of talks about things that are going on in a comedic way, right? Same thing that Fresh Prince did. Like Fresh Prince talked, about you know racial things like one of the most con- iconic episodes of Fresh Prince when they got pulled over in Beverly Hills, they had to go to jail. You know what I mean? And like through comedy, we're able to talk about because we always can't be, you know, because a lot of these conversations they can get emotional because you're talking generation after generation of pain and realizing that we're in, there's two different Americas, right? So we have to do a way to, unfortunately, that we have to almost disarm, no pun intended, our good nature allied white brothers and sisters who might not have as much exposure to the culture outside of maybe a couple of us. So we can have real conversations about that. And, and this show is doing that. It's picking up the baton from Blackish, from Fresh Prince, from all these shows, we're having conversations, meaningful conversations about race, about 
prejudice, about systemic racism, about supremacy. Like the whole, the whole thing going back to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the whole thing with John, take John Walker taking the serum after his homeboy died, or actually took it before his buddy died. He took it before his buddy died, but it was after the fact that he got his ass whooped by black, black women. Because he made the whole thing, they weren't even super super soldiers. Yeah, that was the ultimate line. Like that was it, bro. Like I can't do this. Like so, and again, you already had the foundation of Nemo. I'm not Nemo. Zemo breaking it down with the whole thing about what supremacy is. You know what I'm saying? And then oh, the cap, the cap. Oh, the, he did the she did the cap thing. She said, leave that trash. Leave that and trash. that reminds you of where that shield came from. Yeah. Like I was like, bro, they they're There's the hits the, the drop in there is like and it's like they don't bring the attention to it. It's not like, hey dad, that was a racial scene there, and you know, we need to talk about that. No, it's like they're they're subtle in there and the story keeps moving from that. Right here. Right here. They were even super soldiers. Boom. Crazy. Should have had a little tear come out of his eye or something. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just like again to your point, Shep. Like it, it talks about it. It brings it to attention, without actually. The only thing it could possibly do that's more subtle, somewhat, to, or wink toward it, is if Keenan Ivory Wayne's popped up and goes message about the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the only thing more you could possibly do that they haven't done, because it's done so well within the writing. The writers and the directors have done a f- fantastic job with this show. Um, and I, I look forward to it. As, and and what and and again too. And I know I'm again I'm I'm taking a little bit of what my, my what the homie Straw Hat Goofy has said, but this show is exposing a lot of people because a lot of people are still caping up for John Walker, even though they know what he did was wrong. A lot of people. A lot of people, and it's not. And honestly. It's not hard to figure out who those people are. And I'm just going to say, keep it at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just exposing a lot of folks. So I like, I guess I love this. This show is so important for the times that we're in, but also ex- expanding the MCU and going into detail. Like, I'm glad they made this a show and not a movie because you can't go you can't touch on all these things in two hours or two and a half hours. You have to break it. You have to let it breathe some. At the same time, too, having still the story being around Bucky and Sam mm-hmm. and, building their, and building those two characters up. You know what I'm saying? So I love this show. I think this show is, is great. Um, Shep, any, anything else you want to add to that to that part uh, about the show about your your favorite? Oh, the power broker. Let me. I didn't get. That's the one thing I want to get from. Who do you think the power broker is? I haven't. I I really don't even go that far. That's it. You know what? And that's and that's fine. You know what? Because the show is so deep, so good, you almost forget about the power. The power broker has become. I a have. I, I don't. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it. So the power broker is is a person that's been in the. Uh, in the MCU, 
who basically helped create and read and so we know the original super serum super soldier serum was done by the the scientists that died in captain america right 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 so everyone has been trying to replicate that so that serum right 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 that's how we even got to the Incredible Hulk because the U.S. military, because they look at it as property, they're trying to recreate it. And they couldn't do it. Though Hydro obviously was able to do it because that's where they were able to do this. Do the, they were able to do more super soldiers for Hydra that were mind controlled. But they were, and they got that, some of that stuff obviously from Isaiah Bradley's um, DNA. But somehow there's a guy who is still able to create, he, uh, He's in the guy or gal that's in the shadows are still creating the super super soldier serum, and we don't know who he is or she is. Now, a lot of people have made some theories. I've seen some theories ranging from Sharon uh, Carter. I think I've seen some crazy ones that think it's even Isaiah. uh, That's even Isaiah who's really the power broker. And I've, I've seen some people break that down, which would be that would be an interesting twist. I don't see it, but that will make it interesting. Yeah. He was the power. Yeah. However, here's why Des, I don't think that it's Sharon Carter. Because Sharon Carter is, I don't think she's going to go against, she looked up so much to her Aunt Peggy. I don't think she's going to, even with being on the run, I don't think she's going to totally go the, go to borrow a Star Wars thing to the dark side. I think it's more likely Sharon Carter is working for Nick Fury. Because remember, Nick is up in space. He's building, he's building Sword. He's building the thing. And so the only other person that's going to have more, he's the person that's going to have the most access to, to um, get the satellites. So. Satellites is, is Nick Fury. And so I see her working for Nick and kind of being kind of deep undercover. And I think all this kind of, kind of, all kind of interconnect to even build up to uh, to the Secret Invasion storyline, um, which is going to be fe- which is going to be featuring Samuel Jackson and uh, some people. So I think that's more likely. I don't think I don't think Sharon is the power broker. Um, it also could be just the, the the more likely. If I had to put money on it, I think it's Zola, the dude that was the head scientist for. Um, Hydra that turned himself into an AI and Captain right, yeah, yeah. I, think, oh, yeah. I think it could be him. Probably so. That's the most likely one. But Sharon and even Isaiah would be a, a, a huge um, twist that I don't think that they're necessarily going with. I think the big thing is just I don't think they're I think that would take away a little bit of the battle for the shield, so to speak. And uh, and Sam eventually get in because we all know he's going to get it. Um, so I think it will take away from it. But who knows? All I know is I'm I'm down for anything Marvel puts out. Mm-hmm. It's not let me down at all, and I'm not no. gonna doubt, I'm not doubting Kevin Feige at, at, at this point. Um, even when like even when it comes down to uh, what's going to happen with X Men, um, and even with even with that, there has been. With uh, Mandapore, that's where Wolverine came from, and there's been a lot of little, small, little, little Easter eggs for for Wolverine and all types of X Men stuff in there. So, 
Well, I've even heard a strange rumor that the person that's playing Sharon Carter is not even Sharon Carter. It's either a scroll or it's Mystique. I've heard some crazy stuff. Uh, so, uh, um, who knows? All I know is the show is great. Yeah. And, uh, I can't wait to see how this thing ends. So, um, with that being said, it's about that time that we go ahead and wind this thing on down. It's been a great show. We're trying to keep it, uh, keep our time, watch our time. So we appreciate you guys hanging in with us. Um, make sure you guys reach out to us on social media and on uh, the, the email for the, for the show. Give us feedback. Rate us five stars. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, uh, also Anchor, Spotify. I think we're going to eventually be on Stitcher. Uh, so we got a lot going on, but uh, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for gracing us with your presence. Um, so for my my host, East Staples, my big brother, Chef Russell, and my little brother, Desmond Jones. We appreciate y'all. Each one teach one. And remember, spread love because it's not only the Brooklyn way, but it's the human way. For the Me and E show, you got your boy Mark Jones, and I'm out. We out. Holla. <laughs>